The Twins dropped two out of three to the Padres at Petco Park. A lot of red flags I'm going to tell you about on today's episode as the trade deadline's right around the corner, and it feels more and more like the Twins won't be getting that controllable starter it feels like they need so badly. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Sunday, July 31st, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you, so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com, and check out thousands of great cars. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, this is Nash Walker. Season three, hosting a daily podcast on the Minnesota Twins. Season four, writing about the Twins at twinsdaily.com. I was in San Diego this weekend at Petco Park for the games Friday and Saturday, and I saw the Joe Ryan blow up Friday, what that means for the rotation, and then I saw a very nice win Saturday. Twins capped it off Sunday with a 3-2 loss. A lot of red flags this weekend in many areas for the Twins as the trade deadline is 48 hours away, less than 48 hours away. The deadline is over, and the Twins will not be able to make additions to this roster. They're one game up on Cleveland. They're two games up on Chicago as of Sunday night. That'll hold until Monday, at least midday Monday. Twins played Detroit at home for three and then Toronto at home for four to kick off August. But red flags this weekend. Here's the thing. I've said it before, no matter what additions the Twins do or don't make at this deadline, if Joe Ryan pitches like Joe Ryan pitched on Friday night, this team ain't going anywhere in the second half. He was not good. And, you know, being there and in that environment and watching some of these home runs, some of those homers barely got out. And I know that at Target Field, some of those homers would not have left the yard. And what we know about Joe Ryan is he's a fly ball pitcher. This is not to excuse giving up five homers in a in a you know fairly important game on the road for the Twins this weekend. That's not an excuse. He needs to pitch better. But I did see some of these fly balls just leave the yard, and I think you could probably see that on TV as well. Some high fly balls, but they hit him hard. You know, Haseon Kim ripped one. Manny got him. Voight got him. They they got to Joe Ryan. Certainly, he gave up ten runs in that game. So. Scratch that one. Offense had no chance in that game. They did have an opportunity there. Miguel Sano struck out. He's now on the injured list again with a knee problem. Injuries this weekend. Injuries galore as well for the Twins, unfortunately. They had an opportunity when they were trailing 4-1 to one with runners at first and second and nobody out, and it was strikeout double play. That threat was over the next inning. The Padres you know, tack on to that lead, and the game's basically over. If Joe Ryan pitches anything like that, they're not going to win in the second half. They could go get Mally. They could go get Montas. They could go get Syndergaard and, and Yavaldi and all these guys. And if Joe Ryan pitches like that, it won't, won't matter. They need him. And this is part of what I've talked about. It's a problem that you're relying so much on a rookie starter this year. He's going to have ups and downs. Rookie starters have ups and downs. And for Joe Ryan, that's certainly the case. He's going to have ups and downs. He has had ups and downs. His ERA basically is up by a complete run after that. Friday night abysmal outing. So 
things like this with a rookie starter, they're not expected, but it's not out of the ordinary, right? Th these things happen. And when you rely on a rookie starter to be your second best pitcher in your rotation of a team that has aspirations to win the division and make a run in October, it kind of tells you how this, how this staff was built on, you know, as a glass house, it's a glass house. It's not, it's made of straw. <laughs> it's made of straw and glass. That's what it feels like this pitching staff. And you've kind of seen that over the last couple of months, you know, losing Bailey over really hurt because they were relying on him as well as their number three starter. So that has certainly hurt them. The offense this weekend, it was really interesting to watch this offense because as I said, they had an opportunity Friday night, especially in the, I think that was the fourth inning, top of the fourth, maybe top of the fifth against Blake Snell, who pitched pretty well in that game. They had an opportunity. And then Saturday, the offense tacked on late. They had a great eighth inning, five-run eighth. Carlos Correa comes through with a huge home run. Buxton homers in games one and two. The offense comes through in, in a key time in game two to set up for hopefully a series win on Sunday. And then Sunday, they just kind of fell flat. And listen, Shamanai is a good starter. Like, he's a good mid-rotation starter. He ain't an ace. And Shamanaya has been really bad recently. And he pitched okay, I thought. Miranda got him. Miranda's been a beast, man. How awesome is Jose Miranda? He's just a monster. I talked a couple weeks ago about how maybe Jose Miranda could be a trade chip for the Twins to get a starter. Uh, I, I wouldn't trade Jose Miranda for any starter who might be available. Out of the starters we know are available, I'm not including Jose Miranda in one of those packages. And this is somebody who's like very willing to trade prospects, very willing to trade young pieces off the roster. I think Jose Miranda is the real deal. I've been saying it for a long time. I've been saying it since last year, basically, that this breakout is real. He's the real deal. And the offense was good yesterday. They tacked down runs late. They found a way. And today, their best chance was in the fifth inning. And they had runners on. Byron Buxton comes up and strikes out with second and third and one out after a, a nice sack bunt from Caleb Hamilton. And then Jorge Polanco has a terrible at-bat. He swings at a first pitch in the dirt, swings at the second pitch, 81 miles an hour off the bat to short, easy play, inning over. You need more from Jorge Polanco, period. And, and Polo's a guy I'll defend until the end of time because I think he's super underrated. He's certainly the most underrated player on this team, and I think he's one of the more underrated players in baseball. He's got to be better. You have to be better in those spots. That was their best opportunity the whole game. And when you don't have Gio, who's on the paternity list, he should be back Monday, you don't have Kirilov, who can barely swing a bat, and he looks like he's going to be down for a while. We'll discuss what that means later. The bottom third in the lineup was was rather weak today. It's Caleb Hamilton, Tim Beckham, and Hilberto Celestino. That's a weak bottom third. So if you get to the, the top to the middle of the order and you have a chance to score, you need to score those runs because – you know the bottom third is not as strong as it usually is. And that's kind of what happened today. They just ran out of opportunities. They they made too many outs offensively. And with the bottom third today, that was expected. The top of the lineup needed to get it done, and they just did not. What Alex Kirloff's injury means, what I think of the Luis Castillo deal to Seattle, what it means for the Twins, it's all coming up after this word from LinkedIn Jobs. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. LinkedIn Jobs is great. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown MLB. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. The MLB trade deadline is August 2nd, Tuesday, and Lockdown MLB has all the breakdowns. Lockdown Twins will have rapid reactions to any move made. Subscribe now to Lockdown Twins on YouTube or on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, so you get notified when each episode premieres. Alex Kirilov, wrist, not good. Not good at all. Not good in the present, not good for the future. It hasn't been good in the past either with Alex Kirilov's wrist. This lineup has a whole other dimension to it when Alex Kirilov is right and swinging the bat well because he is a left-handed bat who they need. And, I, I you know, they have good right-handed bats in Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa. And when you pair that with three good to great left-handed bats in Luis Arise, Jorge Polanco, and Alex Kirilov, that's a treacherous one through five for a pitcher. And then you have Gio Urshela who can hit. You got Miranda who's completely broken out. So actually, in theory, you have three right-handed hitters who are crushing the ball or can. Correa had a one for 20 week. The homer was big, but he's got to be better. Correa, Buxton, Miranda, and then you have Polanco, Kirilov, and Arise. That's three righties and three lefties. Polo's a switch hitter, but a better left-handed hitter. That's six guys in your lineup, and you got Sanchez, or Urshela, and Kepler, and Kepler's on the injured list now, too, with a broken pinky toe. Apparently, he's day-to-day, so hopefully he's back right when his 15 days is up, and he's going to try to play through that. But losing Kirilov is a huge blow. It's a huge blow for the here and now because when he was healthy, and he hasn't been good in July, you've noticed he has not looked the same in July, and Nick Nelson pointed this out on Twitter. His ground ball rate is sky high in the month of July, that usually matches up with his wrist. Rocco Baldelli said he hasn't been taking aggressive swings because his wrist is hurting. He can barely swing the bat. This could be a season-ending thing for Alex Kirilov. Again, if he has to go under, you know, go through another surgery, it could be over for him. And that sucks for right now, but it sucks for the future. Like It doesn't feel like this is ever going to be figured out for Alex Kirilov. It really doesn't. Like This is multiple years in a row, starting in 2019. He had this problem in 2019. This is, you know, 2020, it was a lost season, but we that's three of the last three full seasons he's had wrist problems. Wrist problems for a hitter, disastrous. And you worry, and it's scary because he's such a good hitter. When he's right, he does everything. Like he can hit for power, he hits for average, he goes to the opposite field. He does everything you're looking for in a good young hitter. And he's left handed and he's big and strong and a presence in the middle of the order. It just sucks, man. It's a huge bummer. It was a huge bummer when he got shut down earlier this year. But I will say back then, things were looking really down at that time too. And then he came back crushed and was very good. It, it's just, you know, how many times is this going to happen? How many times is going to have to be shut down in the middle of seasons with wrist soreness? It sucks and it sucks for the Twins because this lineup is a lot shallower without a good Alex Kirloff. He just gives them a whole other dimension when he's right. The upside of the group is raised tenfold when Alex Kirloff is in the lineup and he's swinging the bat the way we know he can. It sucks. We'll wait to hear more. I don't know what's going to happen next with him. Shut down, surgery, you know, rehab. I don't know what's going to happen with Alex Kirloff. What I do know is that this is a huge blow for the Twins. And now you lost Kepler and Kirloff and Larnick. That's a lot of left-handed pop you're missing. Larnick hopefully back soon. A lot of people asking me, like, when's Trevor Larnick coming back? We haven't heard an update recently. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. We just haven't heard an update but they're missing some left-handed pop 
in the lineup. They're missing talented left-handed bats in the lineup. And I know Kepler, the batting average is low. Even the on-base numbers, the slugging numbers are low. He still provides some some steadiness as a left-handed bat in the middle of the order. He, I mean, he's certainly better than Hilberto Celestino at the plate. So you're missing those guys. Hopefully, Kepler and Larnick are back soon. Hopefully, Kirloff is back soon. I don't know the next steps for him. I just I just know it sucks, and that, that sucks for him. It sucks for the Twins, and it sucks for fans who want to watch him because he is such a talented and good player. And uh, it's unfortunate, but it's not surprising given the way he was swinging this month. It's it's not surprising to see. So what are the Twins' needs at the deadline? What does the Luis Castillo deal mean for the Twins in their pursuit of starting pitchers? What does this series mean for the Twins in their pursuit of additions at the deadline? Do they need another corner bat? You know, where's the, where is the, the biggest need as we are less than 48 hours, hours away from the trade deadline? I'm going to tell you after this word from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline is where the game starts. Again, go to BetOnline.net. They have everything you're looking for. You name it, they have it. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. The Reds. Universally, everybody believes the Reds got a haul for Luis Castillo from Seattle. On the one hand, like, yeah, Luis Castillo is very good. We've talked about Luis Castillo as a twin target. We knew he was going to be super expensive. Yes. On the other hand, it feels like this was even bigger than expected. Like multiple top 30 prospects for the Mariners. Their top prospect, I think, Noelvi Marte is a borderline top 10 prospect in baseball. The Twins just don't have that. And so I'm sitting here today, Sunday night, and I could be so wrong, but I've never felt more pessimistic about their their chances to get Tyler Malley or Frankie Montas because there are clear tiers here. You have your controllable starters, now two left after Castillo. Now the price is up on Montas. You know, Ken Rosenthal writing that, the A's are going to want a similar package and they're probably going to get it. And the twins just don't have that to offer. And they're not going to reach so deep into their prospect pool to make up for the lack of frontline talent in their system to do that. It, it seems untenable. Maybe Mally's more realistic. You have those two at the top. Then your next tier is Noah Cindergaard, the, the rentals, you know, Cindergaard, Quintana, maybe Nathan Yavaldi. The Red Sox are probably going to sell now because they're not playing good baseball. They won Sunday. They're kind of stuck in the middle. They're not a guarantee to sell or to buy at the deadline. The Giants with Carlos Rodon, who's a rental, essentially has an opt-out. He can leave. He's in that next tier of rentals. I mean, if Rodon was controllable, he'd be the number one target because he is a bona fide ace. There are some shoulder concerns. And also the Giants aren't, they're not super motivated to get rid of Carlos Rodon. Like they can just hold on to him, offer him the qualifying offer. If he rejects, they get a draft pick for Carlos Rodon. So They're not super motivated to deal him for just anybody. And I also think the Giants still feel like they have an outside chance at the playoffs. And maybe that's far-fetched. They're at 20-something percent to make the playoffs. But Rodon, Peterson, Jock, that that would be another angle to the trade deadline the Twins 
could possibly go and and explore and we'll see it'll get maybe get crazy as we get on the day and the giants are deciding what they want to do but it, it is slim pickings for starters and there are so many teams in the mix who need starting pitching everybody needs starting pitching that i mean do you see the twins paying a premium for tyler malley frankie montas or even uh, you know i think cinder guards i think cinder guard is attainable i think they if they don't even get a cinder guard for the rotation like someone on cinder guards level I'll, I'll be shocked and disappointed clearly like that's that he should be attainable and and frankly Mally and Monta should be attainable as well but at this point with what the Reds got for Castillo and with how many teams we know are interested in Frankie Montas and interested in Tyler Mally a are the twins willing to part with a bunch of prospect talent and B even if they are is that enough to beat out other offers and that's why I'm more pessimistic than I've been throughout this entire trade deadline experience about them going to get a controllable starter because now we're hearing you know the twins might not be one of the final teams in on Montas and Dan Hayes says they're still interested they're still in the mix as far as interest goes so maybe they surprise us a la Correa in the offseason and go get Frankie Montas but the tricky thing about the trade deadline and why there is some there's some tricks about free agency too with a lot of starting pitchers not wanting to go to Minnesota and pitch in Minnesota which I understand a lot of it is the twins don't offer enough money to said pitchers but at the trade deadline you can't woo Frankie Montas he doesn't make the decision right you can't you have to bring the heat with your offer you have to offer something that is above and beyond the rest of the offers on the table and the twins when you compare their system to the Yankees or the Cardinals they don't have it. They don't have the frontline talent. It's hard unless the A's were obsessed with Spencer Steer. And we have heard from our friend Darren Wolfson that the, the A's do like Spencer Steer. But unless they were obsessed with Steer or you were willing to part with Miranda, which I would be, whew, that would be tough to swallow. That would be really tough to swallow. Unless one of those things is true and the off chance one of those things is true. It's just hard to see a scenario where they are outbidding other teams for Frankie Montas or outbidding other teams for Tyler Malley. I think Montas is even more far-fetched than Malley. I think Malley feels, you know, reasonable, but still, it's the same questions. It's the same situation. Do they have enough to outbid other teams who need starting pitching, who are in better positions than the Twins? I know the Twins are in first place, but the Yanks are how many games up in the East knowing that they're probably going to be in the ALCS at a minimum and they need starting pitching and they know that their window's wide open for the twins. They're watching this twins club over the last couple of months. And like, I don't know if they, they're going to think it's worth it to, to up everybody else and go get Montas or Mally. It remains to be seen. We'll see that does not exclude relievers who they should absolutely be getting at least a good reliever for the back end of the bullpen. Now the Rockies extended Daniel Bard. He was my number one target on the relief market for the twins. They extended him. Made no sense to me. I thought for sure he was getting dealt. They extended him. Now it's Robertson, Michael Givens, you know, Anthony Bass in Miami. I love, I think the twins could get creative here if they could fill multiple holes in one deal. And I set up this three team deal. I thought was interesting and it's not, not taken at my word or anything like that, but just an idea. If, you know, you set up a three-team deal where you give up significant prospect value and you get a reliever and a starter in return, a reliever from one team, a starter from another team. They help each other out. Everybody helps each other in a three-team deal. If you can make that work and fill two holes with one trade, 
that would be game changing at the deadline. And then you can go out and get a catcher as well. Or then you can go out and get a corner bat as well in a separate deal. It's when you start racking up two, three, four, five trades, it's really going to hurt in prospect capital. It's a really interesting time for the Twins. This is going to be fascinating. I think what they've seen lately out of this team is what we've been saying for weeks now. I don't know. I mean, when you watch them, you certainly don't think that this looks like a a team that can make a run at a World Series. I mean, they feel really far away from that. And on the flip side, you know if they win the division and they get a home series at Target Field and they break the losing streak, if they're able to do that, that would be great as well. And, like, it's always worth trying to win. It's always worth trying to win. So I think they're grappling with those things. I think they will get better. I know I sound, you know, more somber about it than I have in the past in the last couple of weeks, but I still think they will get better. They will be better when they exit the trade deadline. The question is just how much better and how many chips did they push into the table at the deadline? Fascinating stuff. I'm so interested to see what's going to happen. Again, I'm going to be ready to go with live reactions. Subscribe to Lockdown Twins on YouTube. Get ready for the trade deadline. I will be back on Tuesday. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. They'll make your second listen the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Go Twins. We'll talk to you Tuesday at the trade deadline. You won't want to miss it.